back to Customers Who Click episode 49. I hope you've all been enjoying the episode recently. If you've missed a few or if you're new to the show, I definitely recommend scanning through them. And you can always check out the show notes uh, with key points summarised at customerswhoclick.com. Today's topic is really fascinating and I don't think many businesses at all are doing it. And that is monitoring customer sentiment. Obviously, you get some idea of what people are thinking via NPS scores, customer service, social media, if you keep an eye on it. But nothing really beats a structured process around measuring over time across different channels and without actually asking people for it. And you can even monitor what customers are saying about your competitors as well. But I don't want to spoil too much, so I'll get today's guest, Tom Griffiths, on. Tom's the Chief Revenue Officer at Talkative. Hi, Tom. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Can you tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and why you're doing what you're doing at the moment? Absolutely, yes. Thank you so much for having me as well, Will. Um, pleasure to be here. So my background, the past sort of seven, coming up to eight years now, uh, I've spent within ad sales, media sales, and then recently moving into, into startups and tech over the past four years. And really, sort of my driver throughout has, has sort of really been about how to improve customer retention rate, how to make engaging adverts, and really sort of how to use data in a way that can can really sort of help a brand um, expand into new markets, um, get the most out of their advertisement by using data and really resonate with their customer. Sort of for me, kind of the, those that are sort of the early adopters of, of technology and, and certainly now AI are those that are going to really excel in, in the future and using it to, to enhance customer retention, customer experience and, and customer acquisition. I, t- I talk about it a lot, using data to, to do exactly that, to improve the customer experience, uh, build lifetime value as well. So what, what, what exactly are you working on at the moment? Absolutely. So I'm currently uh, I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at Talkative. Uh, we are a digital consumer intelligence platform. We use AI and a type of AI called NLP, or Natural Language Processing. And this allows us to understand emotions and sentiments in the written world so that our customers and, and clients are able to understand how their customers feel towards them, their products, and also how their potential customers feel towards the, the industry and their competitors, enabling them to get a better understanding of how to interact with their customers, how to uh, develop products for the needs of their customers, and also how to really retain those customers, which in a in a D2C market is is sort of the, the the real goal of what everybody's looking to do is that is that customer retention. Yeah, absolutely. And so if a brand is, let's say a brand's doing quite well, you know, maybe doing millions a month, whatever, but not doing any of this, why why should they care? Like I get it for you know, for, for smaller businesses, it might be really good for the that initial feedback, and and uh, it's it's another piece of feedback that helps you develop and learn in the early days. But if you yeah, if you're already established, and you, and you've got you know loads of customers coming you know back and forth, uh, why why should they care? What what can they do with the information? Absolutely. So uh, the the information that we provide, the emotional analysis, the sentiment analysis, allows those larger customers. Uh, those larger clients, sorry, to really understand what what their consumer thinks about them, um, what to what to to look at in terms of product development by the way that people are talking about them through their reviews, through through social media, uh, through forums, really sort of digging deeper 
into into connecting with the emotions of their of their customer. So it allows them to find out what maybe their competitors' customers' pain points are, and then using those pain points or leveraging those pain points to acquire their competitors' customers to help them grow even further. And also understanding the language that their customer uses, so it allows them then to word campaigns in a certain way that can make them more engaging and create a better uh, return on investment for for their advertisements. Oh yeah, I, li- I quite like that last bit actually. Um, I guess it might come across a little bit stalkerish, but kind of mm-hmm. analysing what people are saying online and and how they say it about your brand and when discussing your products, so that you can use similar tones and uh and similar vocabulary i suppose to actually advertise as well yes certainly and also what it allows uh, a, a client to do or a business to do sorry is to then use alternative keywords as you like everybody is always trying to find the optimum keywords that create a high click-through rate and also don't cost too much or are not likely to be outbidded. And by understanding the language that your customers use, it left in those reviews, left in, in social media posts and tweets, et cetera, it allows the, the, the company to use their language to find on average sort of a 30% saving on their, on their ad spend by using the language that their, that their customer uses as it's the language that they're more likely to search with on Google. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that's huge. 30% is, you know, if you could take 30% off your ad spend and, and get the same results, I think any brand would uh, would happily take that up. Um, yeah, and I guess it works. You know, I, I've spoken to brands about kind of user-generated content. So looking at, uh, looking at what bloggers and people are writing about you um, and how they're writing it. And kind of, yeah, doing this social media monitoring, but obviously more in a manual way. So looking at people's posts and just, you know, seeing how they actually do it. But I suppose if you can have a tool actually do it for you, and I suppose provide analysis on that as well. Yeah, so that, that that's obviously much better than, you know, otherwise you're just taking such a small sample um, and probably quite a biased sample. So, so yeah, that's, and that's kind of, that's kind of the, the, the root of our tool really, is that... It, it allows to remove that bias because you're you're not sending out a survey or you're not polling people where even if you don't think that those questions are, are written in a biased way, they are because you're obviously in your mind looking for looking for a, a an end answer that you want to want to hear or want to read. So when you're extracting those reviews and analyzing those reviews using using an AI tool like like ours at Talkative. Um, it, it removes that bias. These people are, are writing reviews unprompted. These people are, are tweeting about you unprompted. And it sounds silly, but it, it's actually quite, it's quite sort of time consuming or takes a lot of thought to write a tweet. Like I'm sure you've got been there before and you've been, you've been starting to write that tweet and then just sort of um, deleted it. And just like, oh no, it's not worth it. So for somebody to go out of their way to tweet about your company, to talk about your company, completely unprompted that's sort of the real raw intelligence that can can bet that you can base your marketing strategy on that you can base your product development on and how you can you can base um re, uh, really getting those customers to to sort of retain and stay with you 
Yeah. So what's what kind of holds people off doing this at the moment? What are, what are maybe some of the misconceptions around trying to measure this sentiment that yeah either puts people off or just makes them think it's not maybe not worth the time? Absolutely. So the the problem has been is that there have been sort of uh, emotional intelligence or social uh, or sentiment intelligence tools previously, and what a lot of those tools do is count. So they would count the amount of times a specific word comes up, a subject, a subject matter. And then if we take the word order, for example, when we first uh, launched this product into the e-commerce market, we, we looked at one of the, the, the largest fast fashion brands in the UK. And one word that we kept seeing coming up time and time again was the word order. Now, if you're, a, if you're a, an e-commerce company or a D2C brand, and you see the word order coming up a lot, that's, that tends to mean quite a good thing. You know, people are buying your product, they're ordering from you. Um, so that obviously means that your, your marketing is working and, and you're getting people through to your site and they're, they're buying from you. But once we look deeper and look at the emotional context, looking at the context as a whole, what we were finding out was actually 80% of that was, was negative chatter, was negative comments around the term order. It was people whose orders were turning up late or people whose orders were, um, were, weren't being tracked properly on their website. So what, what it's allowed, what, we, what we've got to now at the stage is that we're able to showcase sort of where the, where the context of those words lie. Uh, instead, of, instead of just counting a word, it's really understanding the whole context in which that, that word lies. So previously, the barriers have really been not being able to not being able to understand those contexts, um, which we're able to do now. Yeah, um, I remember actually using I can't remember what the tool was called, but years ago, like for ten years ago, uh, a social media monitoring tool that um, kind of you know it, it gave you the number of followers. So you could track yourself and your competitors and just kind of see how you're trending over time. Um, but you, I think you could set up some kind of mentions and things. But yeah, thinking about it, it, it probably was just counting, which means that if our keyword wasn't correct or wasn't targeted enough, it just wasn't very useful. Um, but we probably didn't just didn't understand that at the time. Yes, absolutely. And where sort of where we've got to now in in terms of in terms of emotional uh, emotional intelligence or, or social listening tools is very much that we're we're not searching for a for a topic where we're just looking through all the customers chatter or their clients chatter and then from there we're able to find out what the key topics are that their consumers are looking for so rather than purposely going out there looking for the word order we simply search through all the companies, uh, all the companies' tweets, um, all their reviews, and then from there being able to process and finding out, um, finding out the key topics that that their customers were talking about. So it's now going past counting and really understanding the emotions attached to those words. I remember a startup a few years ago. Uh, they were trying to do. They were trying to do something around the stock market, like investment almost advice oh they might have been trading themselves actually it was like um yeah stock market trading 
but they were trying to use online sentiment to try and determine how a, a stock would uh, would improve or or decline. Um, and I think part of what they found was uh, one tweet can make a massive difference. Um, so you know, obviously, someone like you know Trump, you know, we've even had it the last few years. If he if he sends like a negative tweet about a company, that can really affect their share price. Um, and in the end, yeah, I think I think they just struggled to make it work. Um, they couldn't find any kind of patterns and reliability there, which really showed that trending. But I wonder if it's because they just didn't have the they didn't really have the power behind it. You know, this was 10 years ago. They, they probably just didn't have the tech to do that, right? Yes, most likely. Like for, for ourselves, we spent four years in, in R&D to, uh, to be able to get to the point where we are now. So we're able to, uh, to understand sarcasm within the, the written word. So a, a, a great example I can give you is killer app versus killer cat. They both have the word killer in it but two very different contexts. A killer app, obviously doing great, um, while a killer, a killer cat, probably best to stay out of its way. So it's being able to understand those, those emotional contexts within those written words. And that's, that's the stage where we're at now, where we can understand what, what customers are saying and using that emotive language to be able to write the ads, to be able to find out the problems that companies have and be able to, to aid them with product development too. Really finding that hole in the market that's going to, going to be the next big thing or going to be able to attract customers from their competitors and keep them. Um, so what, what are some of the kind of basic things a, a brand could be doing at the moment just to monitor, monitor some of this in a more, I guess, like accurate way uh, so you're not just counting? Um, um, yes, absolutely. Um, oh, they could use a tool like ours at Talkative, um, where we're able to to analyze the 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 chatter that there is surrounding their company, but also their competitors too, and their industry as a whole. So really, for us, it's about reading below the lines, and that's what that's what all companies can do. Like it's great that your that your tweet or your Instagram post has five hundred, a thousand likes, um, for example, but where the real intelligence is, is below that line, where people have gone out of their way to, to interact with you through a comment. To, so read those comments that people are, are writing to you, um, read those tweets, read those reviews, and really understand the language that's, that's used with them. And it can, highlight, it can highlight some great parts of your product. It can highlight some great parts of your, your service. And you know, those are great strap lines to use for, for your advertising. Um, another way that it can be used and another way that a real simple and basic thing that, that companies can go and do is if they're going to look to work with an influencer, go and read the comments on their posts, see what kind of community they've built up, see how their followers interact with them and see sort of the responses that they're getting because people still buy from people. Um, people buy from, from people who can influence and persuade and if you're an influencer who goes out of their way to, to answer those comments, to build up that community, then that's the influencer that, that you should be working with. That's somebody who can, who can really help promote your brand because they've got that community with them, because they've got the, the positive sentiments from their followers engaging with them in their, in their comments uh, on, on their, their posts. 
Yeah, I think um, the, the point about influence is really interesting. Um, and it kind of make, makes me think about your point about um, natural, what was it, natural language processing. processing? Yeah. Obviously, the point for the tool there is that it's able to understand natural language um, and, you know, understand the context behind it. But actually, what's what I think I notice quite a bit is marketers don't tend to be very good at actually writing adverts in natural language. You know, when you see it a lot when um, when text is provided to influencers and they're basically told to like copy, yes, copy paste that. You can tell right away. Um, you know, almost almost if you don't even know that influencer, you just see the post. You can tell that's not been written by them. That's been written by a marketer as a promotion. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting that you know you should look at influencers, look look at how they write their posts, how they talk about um, brands and products, and and how their their audiences respond to that. Yes, absolutely, and that's kind of I think I think that's that's becoming more and more apparent now is that marketers do tend to write in in purely buzzwords and uh, purely words that that they believe are engaging because there's been some some research done five years ago about it. While, while rather than understanding the language that their customers are using now to describe their product and using that, leveraging that, leveraging all that data that's under those likes, that's under those shares to, to help inform the content that they write, uh, to help create those, those blog posts that are going to be more, more resonant, uh, to write those, those captions that are going to resonate more with their, with their customer. Yeah. Um, there's a huge amount of data below that line. And it's real people talking, um, not people in the focus group. That's what people are thinking there and then when when they comment. So yeah, absolutely. Leverage the the language that your customers are using below below the line of that post. Yeah. Um, but it's not just it's not just the jargon either. It's it's just the style of writing. It it just I don't know, it's just always terrible. It's always stuff like, you know, when you click a share button and the pre-populated text is in my opinion, it's like I, I, I would never ever post the pre-suggested text because it's just not how I'd write, and it's always I don't think it's how anyone would write really. It's always stuff like oh, like join me on this brand and and get a, get reward or yeah I don't know it's it's just always terrible. And I um, actually one brand I worked with a couple of years ago, we rewrote that text to try and be a bit more like casual. Mm -hmm. um, and we saw some like a 20% improvement in, in referrals coming through it. And oh, wow. I, I don't know if people, I don't know if people edited the text afterwards, but it was just a more casual, like I can't actually remember what we wrote now. Yes. It's no, just something like, it'd be like, Hey Tom, I've, I've been, I've been playing games on this website. I thought you might like it as well. Um, check it out here. Link. Uh, you'll also get a um, a welcome bonus when you join. It was just something like that. It was kind of written just a bit more casually, and I, I guess how I would be more likely to write it, but in a way that obviously anyone can use, and is not not trying to tailor it to to everyone to write. But it's just little things like that. And I suppose if you can use a tool like Talkative to, I'm guessing it doesn't write. Does it? It doesn't write copy, does it? It's just a. And no, it doesn't, but it gives you suggestions and it shows you the, the language. It, it shows suggestions and there's sort of um, the AI creates contexts too, um, sentence examples that would, yeah. would work. Um, 
but obviously then it's down to you to to make sure that it's it's kind of on your brand's message too yeah okay i suppose on just on the topic of how do people use it i guess internal processes what's important because i can i can see this being an, another thing that maybe marketing teams use for an improve their advertising and stuff but then it just sits with marketing and that's it when there's there's probably a lot more a lot more that can be can be done with it things like customer service you know you could rewrite all your pre-populated templates for customer service in a tone which is just more more appealing to your audience um and also you, you know like you said i think uh, you'll get feedback about products and things so i guess it's not it's not so much about getting an idea of the general sentiment out there but it's actually some of the feedback that's out there that you pick up by discovering that negative sentiment yes what's what are some like easy processes that what should, what should brands be doing to actually make sure they're fully taking advantage of that information certainly so um if we start with the, the customer service side what we're able to do is we're able to if we're able to analyze any form of, of text or voice so if it came in the form of you may not have a customer helpline um like many many dtc brands don't uh, we're able to analyze the emails that come through and with that we're able to show you the, the emotive language used by your customers and also highlight the problems that they're coming to you with through that email the same with um the same with twitter if you've got a a customer help twitter it would work in the same way so then we can find the best language to use to reply to those to those customers that you have and understanding the full context of that sentence too in terms of the the product side use you can use a tool like like talkatives as essentially the world's biggest polling company if you like um but without asking questions we simply listen so instead of going out and, and asking people what do you think of this uh what would you like to see uh how can we improve on this they're telling you people are telling you all the time your customers are telling you your competitors customers are telling are telling them if you can harness this information it can it can really help drive where you move your company to if you're looking to pivot into a new sector analyze what the the what the best companies are doing there analyze the chatter through their reviews through the way people are, are contacting them through social media analyze those and get to understand get a feel for what their customers need um that's really sort of what a tool such as talkative can bring it can really sort of enhance uh enhance sort of a product development the way you want to go and really understand the marketplace as a whole so yeah use a tool like us uh, as the world's largest polling company that just listens without those biased questions there yeah you use the data to improve your company uh do the research if you if you're looking at moving into a new space with a new product or pivoting or whatever um but i think you also mentioned earlier kind of basically spying on your competitors can you <laughs> so you can actually find out what people do and don't like about your competitors and i guess use use that information to then run ads or yeah um, i mean whatever yeah absolutely and it 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 shows the the gaps in their in their floor uh in their flaws and in their products which you can then leverage which you can then let's let's say it's a um 
let's say it's it's a it's a clothing brand and they they're quite late they've had like a series of late deliveries for example your next marketing campaign is our deliveries always arrive on time something as simple as that by understanding that your competitor has had a problem with their courier service so just leveraging as something as simple as that is something that will resonate with those people who've had those problems and then you're acquiring their customers once you acquire their customers then you're using the same tool to find out what your internal issues are so that then you can ensure that you can retain customers it's so it's such such a competitive space at the moment and only going to be more competitive so being able to work out sort of what the problems are with your with your competitors and with internally too means that you can ensure that you can retain those customers yeah cool so yeah just while you're talking that i was thinking you mentioned so you mentioned delivery if you're if your competitor has some problems with a courier so i thought well could you set up monitoring for a bunch of different couriers let's say in the uk so that if you maybe if you start to have problems with yours you've got an idea of who's actually performing well um without having to speak to a salesperson who's obviously going to say yeah <laughs> we we hit our targets and everything um however is there an issue that it's only picking up the sentiments that that is there so we know that people who are unhappy are much more likely to share that unhappiness than people who are happy so potentially if you're if if the only reason if the only reason people tweet about a a courier is to complain about it could that almost negatively impact that research because the tool says the all the feedback there is is negative so avoid like almost avoid this courier despite the fact that it's actually only been like I don't know I'm sure you've got some algorithms in place but let's say 100 tweets in a month mm-hmm. but they're all negative but actually there's 50,000 happy people out there every month who are getting their orders in time yes so then what you're doing then is is weighing up sort of the negative sentiment that we're experiencing and the number of let's say tweets for example you say 100 but there's 50,000 deliveries um but if only 100 people are, are complaining even if it's even if it's 10 times that number of people complete uh, who whose deliveries aren't actually turning up on time that's that's four fifths that are still turning up on time so it's it's sort of weighing it up but it gives you it gives you an indicator that hey maybe we we should be looking at our courier service maybe we should be uh incorporating harsher KPIs on our courier service it it allows you to to look at it and maybe it does pick up a problem that you didn't realize that you had so it it allows you to sort of have those building blocks there to fix the problem before it becomes more widespread if you step in earlier when there's only 100 tweets with a negative sentiment and if you let it run for a month then all of a sudden you've got 200 500 negative tweets the fact that you were able to step in earlier and talk to the courier service then that's prevented it from becoming a bigger problem this is one of those cases where there's still a lot more there's a lot more on on the marketer to actually kind of make those decisions right and understand that the data is not really there it could be quite easy to just misinterpret the data by seeing seeing that negative data and saying oh okay it's all negative oh yes absolutely yeah a- a- absolutely yes um i'm not saying that sort of nlp is the the answer to sort of all marketers problems but it certainly gives an indication of 
what their customers are saying. Yeah. So what um what other mistakes might people make regarding like measuring consumer sentiment or or even acting on it, I suppose? I think I think it's the latter that you said there is is acting upon it. I uh, from when we've the the sort of the various brands that we've worked with, lots of them have have kind of take take somewhere like a, a trust pilot, for example, they're more than happy to promote how many stars they have on their website, like every e-commerce company does, and, and almost all brands do. But it's it's very rarely that they read below the lines. So it is kind of it is not acting on the data that people give. And the brands that we've worked with are always so surprised with the answers that we can give them by reading below the lines, analyzing that data, and then then showing it in sort of an impactful way that they can use. So yes, it is it is the latter. It is not sort of harnessing what's beneath the lines. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, that's that's something I see all the time. Brands uh, just sticking five stars, mm-hmm. four and a half, five stars on their website, twelve thousand reviews, whatever. But we all know, you know, obviously that's a good sign. It it'll probably convince a lot of people just to just to go ahead with it. But you know, there are people who are going to go to your reviews, filter for two, three, four star. And check what those people say because that's what I do. I don't care about. I, I don't really look at one and five star reviews because I tend to think that the quality of those reviews is is lower, is can be questionable. Um, but it's the maybe not even the two star, the three four star are the ones where people tend to be like at least okay with the product, but it's not quite met their expectations and a bit um, more honest. Yeah, and, and they provide some actual qualitative feedback. Uh, one star, you know, a lot of the time, tends to be unrelated to the product, but more related to the business or the service. So it, it turned up a week late or something like that, which is kind of, it's fair feedback that you want to collect, but it's not a one-star review for the product. Yes, yes. Uh, so what it, yes. So I, it is it is just understanding that you're going to get the extremes. But knowing that if you're taking those those sort of those core reviews out that that are in the middle, it really does sort of aid in in understanding your your product better. So there there so you know tools are able to to do what you do, um, which is filter through those uh, four three two star reviews and then understanding. But if if we go back to your example earlier of having 12,000 reviews um you yourself aren't going to be able to sort of go through all those two to four star reviews yourself or if you do you know it's it's clearly something that you're investing a lot of time in um so having a having a tool um that uses nlp like talkative really sort of speeds up that process so for ourselves we can we can analyze around uh 12 13,000 data points in about five minutes and come back to you with sort of the full understanding of what your customers are saying about you, which is kind of a little bit quicker than the, the human eye can do. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's nice to get those reviews in. I mean, I suppose you could almost like switch off your review function if you're seeing loads of negative sentiment out there. Um, and so yes, you could. You could. But, you know, those, those negative reviews help you build a, a, a stronger brand. 
and I was watching somebody. Uh, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, what, sorry, what I mean is turn off the the sending of review requests. So if you know, if if you suddenly become aware that loads of people are getting are having delivery issues, you might want to just turn that off, so that you're not sending review requests mm. to people who are going to be unhappy. It's kind of getting yes. the system a little bit, but um, but yes. that's what marketers do. So <laughs> absolutely, uh, but it helps you. It then helps you fix that issue, and then you can turn the back on once, and then understand that the, the issue is being fixed, or if if you have thought that you fixed the issue, let's say by deliveries um, and you've contacted your courier and you've said that um, and you've given the time period for them to fix it and you're still getting those bad reviews through around deliveries, then, you know, maybe it's time to look at another, at another service. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, do you have any examples of businesses that have, that have managed to use this data really well? I suppose you've got any kind of like mini case studies in, in your mind. Uh, actually, so if we go back to, to the first example, when we first looked at, at moving into, into e-commerce, uh, we looked at the, the larger brands that were out there um, that were fast fashion brands, the likes of, um, the likes of Boohoo, of, of Gymshark, those types of, of clients, of, sorry, of, of companies. And um, by analyzing the, the reviews around Boohoo, that's where we were able to, to find out their problems with their courier service, the problems with their um, external communications when, when tracking a delivery to make sure that, that your customer knows sort of that your, that your order has, has been picked, has left the warehouse, is with the courier. By analysing that kind of data, that allows uh, clients to, to really understand that their where their flaws are in their product and where they can fix them in order to in order to ensure client retention. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you see any are there any big trends coming up in the way businesses can measure or use this information or uh, like how or maybe how sentiment might be impacted by new technology and stuff? Yes. Certainly. So the, the use of sort of NLP, natural language processing, is becoming um, a, a, growing, a growing sector of AI that's being used more and more. And where we've, we've spoken with uh, a large hotel booking site and in the process of, of talks with them, and not only will you have sort of the, the four or five star reviews alongside the hotel, um, you'll also get an uh, emotional tracker. Kind of like a kind of like a speedometer, if you are uh, going from most negative all the way through to most positive. So it allows the 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 potential user of, of hotels, the person who's going to book for hotels, uh, the option to to then understand the emotions that, that that hotel gave them, the experience that that hotel gave them. Was it positive? Was it neutral? Was it closer to negative? Um, and obviously, the more positive feelings around sort of a service like that is sort of so important in terms of knowing that you're going to have a good holiday, know that you're going to have a good breakaway. Um, so that's certainly something that I see, I see developing um, using the likes, using the, the technology of, of NLP. And it's it, certainly with um, iOS 14 in the US and taking away the ability to, for Facebook to, to track uh, or take the data from from Apple users. 
using something like uh, like NLP from from someone like Talkative, it allows them then to instead of using uh, traditional demographic in, demographic information like gender, age range, location, etc. It's now targeting them through the language that they use. So knowing that they say or knowing that they emote positive feelings towards certain subjects, it then allows them to to choose to to push their ad spend in that way. So then using the keywords, using the subjects of the language that they're using so that so that then they're still able able to get their advertisements to the right people because now it doesn't matter where you live you see the boom of of e-commerce um and it's only going to keep on rising and being able to to target people by the language they use rather than the geographic location they're in is just another string to the bow of making sure that your your ads are targeted in the right way yeah absolutely um yeah not knowing what language people are using on that on their phone or or, or desktop um, is really important because especially, um, well, I guess, well, I don't want to say the last like 10 years or something, but, you know, over the years where, where people have moved about maybe a lot more, um, you know, I, I know the first few companies I worked in, probably 80% of my colleagues weren't British. Weren't oh, apologies. apologies. I meant the way that people write, the way that people people talk. So being able to understand the way that they use language as opposed to which language they speak. Oh, I see. Uh, so that could affect it as well, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, being able to understand the way that people write so that you can then use the, the, the keywords when, when searching and, and creating campaigns, ensuring that you're using the same sort of language that, that your consumer does. Got it. Yeah, makes more sense. <laughs> um, so just one, I've got one final question on this topic, um, which I think I think people might find really useful, actually. Um, and that's basically kind of, do you provide like a managed service or is it a SaaS tool, a bit of both? Because I think, you know, especially with the, a lot of the companies that I work with, they are a little bit stretched for resource. So while having access to all this data is really useful like really good really exciting uh, i think a lot of people might be concerned about whether they actually have even the time to look over it and and work out what it's telling them so that they can then work out what to go do with it yes so absolutely for for ourselves at talkative uh, we supply each of our clients with their own unique dashboard with their their own logins so they can see the data in in real time for themselves we also um, provide them with uh, an account manager who uh, will talk them through all their data refreshes, um, which includes sort of a monthly presentation, um, which has, has sort of suggestions on, on what they can, they can do with that data and our findings, and also a PDF report um, that, we, that um, marketers or product managers uh, can then use to understand which direction they should take the they should take the business within uh be that sort of their marketing strategy their product launches um, or their customer service so for ourselves we we provide that dashboard that's easy to log in at any time um a regular contact with an account manager to find out maybe a different avenue they want to use our tooling uh, and then also um, pdf reports 
which show them our suggestions from our findings. Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, that would be, that, that, I know that would definitely be super useful. Just moving on then, because we're, we're almost out of time. Do you, do you have any pet peeves when it comes to marketing? Um, yes, we spoke about it earlier. It is using buzzwords. Okay. <laughs> um, and yes, and just not, just not using language in the way that, that people use it when they're talking to their friends. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of my, my biggest pet peeve. Yeah, I mean it makes sense, doesn't it? If you're, especially if you're in the, in the business of like natural language and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and it's what like what I mentioned earlier with the yeah with the influencers when marketers hand them text, which no one is ever going to post as a natural tweet or or Instagram post. Yeah, um, I think you mentioned it before when we when we spoke before about um, there was an influencer who copied and pasted the whole message, including "Can you please copy and paste this?" Yeah, I think. I've not seen it. Um, I've not noticed it happen in a while, but there was a period where it seemed to be turning up in the news. I don't know, <laughs> every couple of weeks, maybe once a month. Yeah, been a, a massive influencer who, either them or their team, depending on who's who's really running the account, uh, yeah, would just somehow copy paste that entire bit of text. And I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a bit easier to accidentally do that on the phone. Yeah, I guess so. I, I don't know, but still, you would have thought you... It's in block capitals. <laughs> you check it, it's normally in block capitals. It's normally a separate sentence at the top. Like, they're not not uh, difficult to miss. No. So just, yeah, just finally then, uh, what's do, do you feel there's a particular area of marketing which is underrated? I know you're um, actually a marketer, but... Um, yeah, I think, um, going back to what I've said throughout, it's reading below the line. And really sort of embracing what your customers have gone out of the way to express. It's, it takes time to, to write a tweet, to write a comment, to, for people to think that it's their opinion matters. So read what they say and use it, use it to form your next marketing strategy. Use it to, to form your next product, product launch or, or area to look at. So yeah, just read below, read below the lines. Like it's great to have. 100,000 likes but read the comments that's got that's got much more information in it than than how many people have liked your photo yeah absolutely um it, it, it covers more areas as well i suppose not just marketing but customer service which i actually feel kind of should be part of marketing but that's a yeah. different conversation um it, there's nothing more annoying than receiving even like a quick response from customer service and they just haven't really, you know, it feels like they haven't even read your, your email, really. You know, they, they've, they've missed your key point, um, especially if you're not even, if, if you've been pretty clear with your email um, and, you know, someone, someone asks for some details that you've already given them or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I suppose that's not even reading behind the, between the lines, is it? That's, it that's just seeing what's there. But, you know, it's... Yeah, when when people just don't don't haven't really understood your problem, um, and maybe try and offer a solution, which, as far as you're concerned, you've explained your problem, um, but but they've missed it. That really bothers me. <laughs> yeah. um, right, great stuff. This is really yeah, really really interesting. Um, I'm definitely gonna have to check the tool out myself a bit more. Um, if people want to find out more, what's what's the best way? Can they connect with you? Um, yeah. So, Tom Griffiths on LinkedIn. Um, my Twitter handle, it's a new Twitter. 
and you got it this month, um, which is Tom Griff with one F AI. Um, that's my Twitter handle. And then Tom at talkaitiv.com or talkaitiv.com if you want to check the tool out. Awesome. Yeah, I've um, I've just got back into Twitter myself this year. Mm-hmm. Um, finding it's quite, it's pretty good actually. I've um, It's one of those things I, I've found happen. I, I will check out a tool or something or, or a platform years ago, didn't like it, didn't get it. And I've come back to it a few years later and I'm just on it and I'm really enjoying it. And it's just seems like the, the best thing ever. But um, yeah. yeah, awesome. Uh, really great stuff. Thank you so much, Tom. Great. Thanks for having me, Will. Understanding customer sentiment is a great way to help develop your product or service offering. Frequently, you will find that customers aren't completely open with their feedback to, directly to a business. But on social media, they're more likely to explain what they really mean in the form of uh, tweets or foreign comments, both good and bad. But not only that, it's a great way to gather sentiment around your competitors as well to find out where they might be struggling and where you can get a bit of an advantage. Are customers constantly complaining about shipping issues or is their regular customer service like non-existent and so people turn to social media to vent? While tools for this have been around for a while, the technology in the background has improved a huge amount and no longer really looks for a keyword or two. It can now assess the emotion related to that tweet or comment. Gone are the days of just knowing that thousands of customers are tweeting about the order they made from your business. Now you can actually understand whether they're happy or angry about those orders. If you'd like to learn more about customer sentiment, head over to talkative.com. That's talkaitiv.com. Or reach out to Tom on Twitter at Tom Griff with one F at the end. Any other podcast questions, feedback, guest requests, uh, comments, anything, just uh, please tweet me at Will Lawrenson. Next up, I've got my good friend Rishi Rawat joining me, and we're going to be talking about storytelling, why it's important to your business, and how you can implement it. But until then, keep those customers clicking.